0: sometimes three. Drop the gloves. Uh, I'm your host, one of your hosts, Neil Payne from 538. I'm joined as always by my permanent co-host, Walt Hickey from Insider. Hey, Walt. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. And we have a third goon yet again welcoming back for her third appearance, Emily Shearer from 538.
1: Hey, Emily. Hey, guys. What up?
0: Welcome back.
1: Yeah.
0: It's been it's so fun. long.
2: It's been so long. long week. Yes, I went straight from being, um, I think now I'm definitely the most frequent guest. Yes.
0: Yeah. You've got a buffer over any potential competitors at this point.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you kind of lapped everyone who was even in in contention, which I believe is just Jake. So, hey, Jake. (laughs) Come back.
0: Yeah, so, you know, we're excited to have you back. We're going to talk about something that is uh, very near and dear to your heart, which is jerseys. Uh, and it sounded like, Walt, you were talking about the very real distinct possibility that you would make a reckless jersey by mid-episode based on uh, some of our recommendations or, or things that we say. Is that right? That is correct. I think that,
1: you know, I we
0: are midway into a season. I am into a
1: team. I think that... You know, We are definitely towards the tail end of a, of a major national catastrophe. And, and if there's a time to inject money into the economy, uh, I'm going to spend something dumb on the internet
0: within the next hour. Stay tuned. I like the idea of a Jersey-based stimulus plan. Yes, because James <laughs> that, that Dolan needs
1: the money. <laughs> Either way, um, we'll get to that in a bit. But first off, let's talk about the Isabel Cup. So this past weekend saw the... Uh, Women's League uh, Championship, and it was two really great games. And I guess, that, do you want to kind of recap game by game? There were three of them. Um, all of us picked a rooting interest in this. Uh, do we want to just kind of refresh everybody's memories about how, how all the rooting interest went?
0: Yeah, so uh, first of all, I would object to your characterization of really great games because I picked the Connecticut Whale, who had a really awful game, frankly, and uh, this was our head-to-head matchup. Well, it was yeah. your team against my team. And you were a designated fan of?
1: Minnesota. I became a Minnesota fan. It was great.
0: Minnesota. Yes. And yeah, that game uh, started out with, uh, let's see. There were a couple of goals that got called back uh, on the whale. And then they just ended up giving up, I think, six straight goals. There was, was a couple was, of goals. It was a whole thing. It was a couple of goals very quick. Yeah, some... <laughs> yeah, there were some goals that went in. Uh, so, you know... Congrats to to Minnesota in that, uh, half of the bracket. And, uh, I lost, of course, we made a bet, uh, that the, the loser of that matchup would buy the winner, a, uh, a whale based, uh, cake item, Mm -hmm. uh, from Carvel, but then off air afterward, we decided to amend that based on the final with Emily's team against Walt's team.
1: Yes. And so Emily, who did you have?
2: I had the Boston Pride, um, who won the whole thing. Oh, did it they? It was did. their second. Damn. Yes, they did. They won their second Isabel Cup. Um, not wearing the jerseys that I designed for them, but that happened their first time. Um, but it shows that it's not uh, down to the jersey, and it is, in fact, a great team. Yeah. And... They won pretty handy. It was a pretty
1: handy defeat of the white caps. i'm not going to lie. I was very, very happy when they won so decisively because I'm a firm believer that everybody is put on earth with a certain amount of um correct team decision making whereas like you know you if you pick the Giants, then you also have to live with the Knicks and the Met and like so that you just get a, a certain amount at birth of, of 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 good team picking and I thought that I had spent all of mine on the white caps and um you know we're okay. It looks like you know they picked a really good team. Uh, we got one win, but uh, that being said, uh, looks like you know looks like some we got to exchange some some Fudgies the whale. Is it Fudgy the whales or Fudgies the whale? Like Attorneys General?
0: I kind of like Fudgies. Yeah, I think I kind of agree too. <laughs> so yeah, we the the terms of the bet were that I would buy Walt, uh, Fudgy. But I think this has been through the transitive property; it's been transferred to you, Emily. Now the big question is whether Walt and I split the cost of Fudgy, since both of our teams fell, uh, or or if it uh, if it all falls on me because my team lost in the first round. We can work this out. Yeah, little Venmo situation. Venmo off-air. situation. Uh, we got to figure out whether unsure. it's like
1: craps table style of you know me letting it roll, or if it is you know a a percentage stake. And so either way, I think that there's a park made up in our future that involves a yes. ice cream. cake of a whale yes
0: as uh, the hockey gods intended I I think there's no other way to celebrate uh, any kind of championship in any sport but especially in hockey than um, you know if we could somehow also have like a, a silver cup that held liquid to drink out of while we were eating the whale. But that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. I, I we think would we'll need, settle for that.
1: We for would need the, like a stuff. coffee cup that had the handle ripped off or. Oh yeah. So yeah, like it has to be, it has to be somewhat appropriate. Yeah. It has to be vandalized in some small capacity that you kind of notice later on, but like only a year later. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> and then you just roll with it. And,
1: and you
0: have the logo be that, that broken cup. Or the replacement to the broken cup. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, it was a great. It was a great couple games. It was very. It was also like really nice to watch a very condensed tournament. It was nice to just kind of like dive in immediately, have a rooting stake, like three games settle it out. Um, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was a good Friday Saturday.
0: And yeah, I mean, you know, the the game that I watched and my team lost felt like it was multiple games worth of agony. So that yeah. was good.
2: Yeah, and it was fun to sort of see a rematch. Or, well, I don't know if you can technically rematch a game that was not played. (laughs) Um, But Minnesota and and, uh, Boston were supposed to meet last year. That got canceled to due to the pandemic so we got to see that play out um and so now technically maybe the pride are both uh the 2020 and twenty one twenty twenty one 2021 winners um we'll see if they make that the banner or not
1: (laughs) it depends on if it's like wrestling style championship belts like
0: yeah, the team that beats the team, but you are the team, so you get both. Uh, and, yeah, it, it does seem like it would be in keeping with the Boston team to claim both of those championships rather than just the one. Uh, <laughs> this, I mean, anyway. this week, we do need to
1: move next to Team of the Week, and I have heard a vicious yeah. rumor, Neil, that you also have further good news for Emily.
0: <laughs> yes, although not, uh, not for her number one team, uh, which has been – maybe turned it around a little bit with a win over the devils recently, but otherwise has been uh, kind of flagging recently. I think they'll be fine for the playoffs. Uh, but I was talking about your, your team B uh, team team and t- slot number two of your fandom uh, tier list, which is the Nashville predators who are on, Quite a tear right now. They're the team that added the most in ELO rating over the past week. I think they've also added the second most of any team uh, in the last two weeks. And they've sort of, after looking not playoff ready uh, at all for for most of the season so far, they've sort of roared back into the mix. Uh, they have a 39% chance of making the playoffs according to uh, the ELO simulations right now. Uh, And the central has just been kind of shaken up. Chicago looked like they would grab that last spot, but they've uh, hit a snag and, and, you know, come down from their hot start. Dallas, seems like it really is never going to pick up uh, the, the championship or uh, Stanley Cup final pace that they had last year. Uh, and so with basically the top three in that division locked in in Tampa, Carolina, and Florida – that fourth spot up for the taking and uh you should probably put your money on nashville and the preds uh being the favorites for that right now which is not something that we would have expected uh maybe a month or even three weeks ago but how are you feeling about uh the preds emily
2: um i i'm excited that they seem to have gotten their act together a little bit i think it was very dire for a long time um this season um but, yeah, they, they're they a fun franchise to watch. They have a lot of weird stuff they do, especially, um, I believe now they're starting to get fans back in the building, but the Nashville um, cheering section and the way they respond to the PA announcer is extremely fun, um, extremely like convoluted and complicated and more detailed than normal uh, arenas. It's great. So, I'm excited for the chance they get that in the playoffs once more.
0: And you've been to uh, a Predators game or two, right?
2: Yeah, I have been to two, including one um, where one of the perks of hockey in the South is that no one used to go to hockey in the South. (laughs) Um, So I got um, the first time I went, I saw the Bruins play there before I had fully picked up my Predators uh, second tier fandom and it was, um, I believe, for $99, we got two tickets that were, like, directly behind the penalty box, basically, Ooh. or in that section. Um, two hot dogs, two drinks, and a um, Honda car flag.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> was it only for Hondas, or, or was it just a Honda flag that could go on any vehicle?
2: It was a Honda flag that could go on any vehicle, but I believe it was sponsored by a local Honda dealer.
1: Classic.
0: Now, now, did they give you a catfish to throw on the ice?
2: That um, was not part of the package, but I think maybe if you paid a little more, <laughs> yeah.
0: <right. laughs> yeah, uh, well, uh, listeners will recall us talking about the uh, the Detroit Red Wings octopus habit of throwing that on the ice, and it seemed like the Predators really sort of took that. They looked at the at Detroit and looked at how many Stanley Cups they had won uh, in the in the past, you know. 20 years or whatever since the preds existed, basically. And they were like, you know, that's the secret to their success. This is how we do it. We throw something really gross on the ice and that equals championships.
1: I mean, you don't know that it doesn't, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have actually, like, while we're kind of on the topic of, again, plugging the GitHub. All right, github.com oh slash Neil Payne 538. Capital N, capital P, 538 spelled in the conventional style with the numbers 538. Um, I had a few questions about some of the playoff probabilities because it seems like we are at a point in the season where we are at a very you know unique inflection point where there are, you know I, I can't count them all right now, but probably a little bit more than a dozen teams that are functionally in, like 92% to 99% in. Uh, and then you have... You know, probably about, you know, about 10 teams that are, for all intents and purposes, fucked, where it's like zero or, you know, 5% or less. And then there's this weird kind of middle class of folks who are on the bubble. I was wondering if today, like, you want to go kind of, while we have this fascinating moment in the season, go through some of the bubble teams and, and kind of talk a little bit about where we think they are?
0: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting sort of demarcation between those top teams, because like you said, I think 14 teams have at least a 90% chance of making the playoffs. And some of this is a consequence of like the way the divisions are, the fact that the top four teams make it. And so you've got these and they only play each other. They don't play outside the division. So I think you can see. Like for the good teams in those divisions, their their point totals start to kind of snowball because they're putting they're putting in a lot of games against some of the lower tier teams. And every game Uh, is a four point game. That's what they say. Yes, exactly. And that and that's true, I think, uh, when you're kind of in that self-contained situation. So that's why we see so many teams that seem like they're just sort of like locked in. Like, for instance, the East, I believe, is for all intents and purposes, we know who the four teams are going to be there. One of them is almost certainly not going to be, uh, Walt's Rangers. Uh, but one will be Emily's Bruins. Uh, most likely they have a 90, uh, percent chance of making it. Uh, and really that middle ground team, uh, group of teams, there are seven teams right now that have between a 17 and and a 43% chance of making the playoffs. And that's really where where our playoff races are going to come. And I should say also, as hard as it is to believe now, since uh, it seems like the season just started, there's only about 20 games left per team wow. in the season right now. Yeah, uh, and so... Uh, And by the way, that will take us to a deeper point into the late spring uh, than usually for the end of the NHL season. So it'll feel weird in that way, too. It'll feel almost like the season was too long, but also (laughs) too short at the same time. Uh, but yeah, basically the playoff races are in the West. We're looking at the blues have a 43% chance. So they're the best team in that, in that weird kind of gray area group of teams. Uh, but the coyotes have a 30% chance and the Kings have a 20% chance. Apologies to the sharks down at 8%. Uh, but that's going to be a really interesting uh, race for that last season. Uh, Playoff spot in the West because the Knights, the Avalanche, and the Wild all have at least a 98% chance yeah. of making it. So I think th- those three are going to be definitely in the playoffs. Uh, and then you're just sort of fighting over the scraps. And each of those teams is interesting. The blues expected probably to be in that top tier. Uh, whereas the coyotes, I mean, they're just kind of a mess. Most years they've uh, they have a lot of office uh, issues. Uh, there was a report about how they conduct business in the athletic uh, about a month ago. That was not very good for them. Not a good look as they say, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Um, They are kind of resurgent uh, at least in this uh, recent part of the season and the Kings are also a team that were supposed to kind of be resetting after winning a few Stanley Cups uh, early to mid 2010s and they have. Exceeded expectations, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they're sort of right there in that mix at least right now. Uh, And then the Central is the other division that's going to give us uh, probably the other interesting playoff race because, like I said, the Lightning Hurricanes and Panthers have it pretty much locked up. They also have at least a 99.5% chance of making the playoffs in each case. Uh, But then, yeah, you've got the Preds, the Blackhawks, and the Stars as an outside chance uh, you know uh, to, to kind of fight it out for that last spot, I'd give the Predators and the Blues the edge in those two races. Uh, and then the other team, which I think is kind of kind of silly uh, that they even have a 17% chance of making the playoffs right now, is the Flyers, who have been, I think, one of the more disappointing teams. Their goaltending has been a joke. Carter Hart uh, went into the season thinking that maybe, or the press thought at least, that maybe he would be a Vezina Trophy candidate. Forget what tier we put that trophy in. Uh, But it's for the best goalie. It's a good tier. And uh, he has instead turned in literally one of the worst uh, goaltending seasons in NHL history. That is not hyperbole. If you look at his uh, (laughs) adjusted goals uh, allowed uh, relative to the league average, it's one of the worst for any goalie who has started at least like 20 games or something in a season. Uh, And he's been like benched uh, effectively. They've started Brian Elliott the past few games, who is not that much better, but he's better than Carter Hart has been. Uh, And it's not all Carter Hart. Fault. Their defense has also been really, really bad. But the Flyers are hanging in the playoff race despite that, and I think it's mostly because they front-loaded uh, a lot of wins early on when we thought maybe they would be a, an actual cup contender, where it seems very silly now in retrospect the fly. but yeah they needed is this the team a currently comeback. losing
1: to buffalo on national television
0: well i was going to say they needed a comeback from down 3 nothing to beat buffalo to hand buffalo their i believe 18th consecutive loss in their last game before this <laughs> and now they're losing to <laughs> buffalo i mean it's really it's really a mess uh, in philly and i don't expect them to make the playoffs but they're the last remaining team in that group that's between you know, 15 to 45% uh, chance of making the playoffs. And I would take the under on that 17% chance for the Flyers right now.
1: So East and North fairly locked in. West and Central still fairly interesting.
0: Yeah, for that last spot, at least, uh, in in each of those cases. Cool. Um, so
1: I guess now that we're done with that, I guess now we get into the portion of the evening. As we all know, this is the 11th episode of A Couple of Goons. We are 11 episodes in. Each episode, we commemorate, we identify, we dignify the player number uh, of of the episode number. Uh, so, Neil, who's the number 11 that, that just kind of has lot that you, your eyes are on?
0: Yeah, well, I have to devote this to you, Walt. Uh, my number 11 is, I think, this time a consensus best number 11 in hockey history, which Ooh. is Mark Messier hey. of the New York Rangers and also the Edmonton Oilers and also the Vancouver Canucks. And we the Messier Trophy, right? Uh, and the Mark Messier Memorial Trophy of guys Mark Messier thinks are cool, uh, but he's also the best number eleven in history, uh, and certainly he was instrumental in bringing the Stanley Cup to the New York Rangers in 1994, in which he made a guarantee that they would win. I believe his game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, they, their their backs were against a wall, and he said, "I guarantee we'll win this game." And then he went out and scored a hat trick, which is <laughs> Pretty epic if you think about the things that will make you go down in history, especially for a team that hadn't won the Cup in... I think it was like 50 years, something like that. I'm forgetting the exact number at that point, 48-something. Uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, they ended up winning the Cup, and that was the last Cup that the New York Rangers won. Uh, uh, as a Ranger fan, I'm sure you're feeling the pain of the drought since then, but not nearly as badly as the Ranger fans were feeling it before that uh, during that 94 postseason, in which they had to go seven games against the Vancouver Canucks uh, just to be able to, uh, to to win it all. And um, the Vancouver fans, as we mentioned, did not take that well when they lost that game. Yes,
1: in the 11 weeks that bake. I have been a fan of the Rangers, it has just been a painful 11 weeks that have passed by without winning the
0: championship. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, you have gone 11 consecutive weeks without winning a championship, but that's tied with every other fan base over the last 11 Yeah, weeks. you're probably right.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, so
0: yeah, my, shout out to Mark Messier. And the trophy that is named after him.
1: Yeah, the one that he personally gives away. <laughs> Emily, do you have a favorite number 11? Um, Let's
2: see. I think um, Parise on the Wild is probably my favorite number 11.
0: Yeah, he's had a, uh, I think, bo- at least borderline Hall of Fame kind of career. Uh, so, yeah, he, um, especially since... He signed like a, he was one of the last people to sign a super long deal, if I'm remembering right, uh, with the wild him and him and Suter uh, signed those. And, you know, it's the wilder looking pretty good right now. So you can't take away too much from it, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does feel like him and Suter were there for forever. I don't know.
0: And I feel like those contracts still have like not just one year left on them. I feel like they have multiple years left on them even though they signed them what feels like a decade ago. (laughs) Truly the era of the cap circumventing long ass contract in the NHL was like a special time that culminated with the devil's signing, I think it was the devil signed Ilya Kovalchuk to like a 17 year deal. Oh my god! The, they clearly had no intention of Kovalchuk being functional even at the end of that deal. But since the cap hits got prorated over every single <laughs> year of the deal, they were like, we're going to pay you the same amount that a like rationally, we're only expecting like eight to 10 years of production from you, but we're going to spread it out over more years so that we don't find ourselves in cap trouble. It's like and the functionally like, a
1: pension. Uh,
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like the Bobby Bonilla (laughs) retirement plan, uh, but for hockey players. And the league actually stepped in and was like, "Eh, no, we see what you're doing here. That's cute. Uh, We're not going to allow contracts of over 10 years or whatever it is anymore. Um, And Kovalchuk ended up playing in Russia for a number of years after that and still was like property of the devils. And it was like a whole kind of... It was a, maybe it was an international incident uh, between Russia, between the KHL and the NHL on the same scale as the other ones that we talked about. Putin was like, I'm <laughs> jumping in on this. You're having <laughs> problems with that mean Gary Batman? Let me uh, provide you an alternative.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, Devils players, Edward Snowden, just and like he's just kind of willing to take anybody <laughs> willing to come over. <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure which of those is, like, scraping more of the bottom of the barrel.
1: <laughs> which is the better get. Um, yeah, right. <clears throat> so, today we're talking about jerseys. We have to have with us today a expert on jerseys, given that she has signed a jersey that won a championship. So, what are jerseys? You can't say that. <laughs> I, I <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> um, what are, um, I guess, like yeah, again, like, I'm new to hockey. I've seen my team wear many different shirts, and I'm kind of curious as to what is going on there, and where, like, what jersey should I buy? Like, how have they changed? And also, Canada put jerseys on their money one time, and I do want to talk about that because that is a wild story. Um, So, Neil, Emily, what, uh, like, what design sensibilities
0: go into jerseys or sweaters? Oh, okay, we have to. Yeah, they're formally known as sweaters, which is a fun uh, thing about hockey jerseys slash sweaters.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think one of the sort of key things with hockey jerseys or sweaters is just the length of tradition um, that hockey has, um, which has also resulted in the creation of all these alternative jerseys because people don't dare touch the original traditional jerseys of some of the original six teams um but so the hockey jersey is long sleeve which is a big deal for
0: sports (laughs) but it's kind of like um it's a little more like three-quarter length like it's not quite long enough maybe my arms are just long (laughs) but it's not quite like fully long it's sort of like Baby long, I don't know how better to describe that
1: again, like my my exposure to hockey jerseys sartorially came almost exclusively from Kevin Smith movies, and so I suppose these seem very functional, they seem like they have laces on them, uh which is not usually a thing that you see outside of Renaissance fairs, so I guess I'm just kind of wondering if you would like to talk a little bit about what goes into like these jerseys uh and and you know, like am I supposed to get it big? am I supposed to get it like normal size like what's the how do i appropriately obtain a jersey as such
2: um well i don't even understand hockey jersey <laughs> sizing but also that is because i am a woman which makes those size charts just completely further complicated <laughs> um because they make no sense at all um, but there's a lot of sort of different variants in particular um so looking at sort one there's different variants in who makes jerseys that you can buy right now. So they are officially manufactured by Adidas. You can also buy versions manufactured by Fanatics. This is a very complicated, frustrating road um, that happened a couple of years ago when it was announced that basically Fanatics would, as they have for other sports, take over the manufacturing of everything sold to fans um, at a significantly cheaper price point, but significantly lower quality. But looking at, so you have, they're currently made by Adidas. Prior to that, they were made by Reebok, who basically was then bought by Adidas and then moved out of the sports phase and into CrossFit and workout and all of that um, and was taken over by Adidas. Before that, it was basically up to the teams to decide, which is wild. If They just <laughs> all had different brand partnerships.
1: Hockey, damn yes. it. Why you gotta be so? Eclectic? Prior to
2: two thousand, they were just like anyone could do it. So it was uh, like CCM, CCM, Nike had some starter. Loved CCM. Yes. Yeah,
0: and even like uh, before that, local. Like my favorite is that in sort of the bygone, long bygone era of sports before the standardized jerseys of of today. They even like local manufacturers would make the jersey for like the hometown team so you would have like jerseys that were made by like totally random you know seamstress uh like a type of you know local mom and pop um uh manufacturers and i think that's kind of cool but then again this is a league that had only six teams until (laughs) 1968 so
2: well, it, of course, traces further further back when just, like, a local mom would knit a sweater for their child to go play.
0: Absolutely. Go out on the pond with your homemade DIY mom jersey.
1: Uh, so you, you kind of mentioned that people don't want to touch the original six jerseys. Why?
2: Tradition. Hockey fans, I think, are aggressive with their love of tradition, especially uh, Montreal, uh, where it's... Don't dare uh, change anything ever. They must have a French coach, all of it. Um, so as a result, uh, basically starting in about 1995, they started introducing third jerseys, which was basically free ready to do something weird with. Oh, um, and it
0: got that- weird, man. It got weird. And he, I know that <laughs> so, uh, this like is not a visual the- medium, but let's go through some of the weird ones, perhaps. <laughs> Well, you know, the Mighty Ducks, as they were known at the time, uh, they had one that had the a cartoon duck from the TV, the animated Mighty Ducks animated series uh, called Wild Wing, like bursting forth from a sheet of ice while wearing the jersey of the team now it wasn't it wasn't like what? a little like infinite regression situation which it should have been uh he was not wearing the jersey it's like Miami Dolphins on. bullshit
1: isn't it we're like they should make an infinite regression but they're cowards they
0: should but they won't right exactly so he was wearing i i believe just like the normal team's jersey but he was springing forth you know this cartoon duck springing forth from uh, uh, a sheet of Christine ice on the Jersey and had like a very cartoonish number font and name font. Uh, oh my there was also God. the infamous,
1: I just Googled Burger this. King. <sighs> yeah. The
0: wild wing Jersey. Yeah. It's pretty hideous. They're wearing it as their reverse retro this season, which hopefully we'll talk about also. Uh, but the, uh, the LA Kings had the burger King Jersey, which, uh, there, they, it basically just looked like they had the burger King on their Jersey in purple and, uh, gold Four and, and blue. Yeah, okay, there you go. Four and blue. Uh, and, and Wayne Gretzky, in some of his final appearances with the Kings, before acrimoniously leaving the franchise to play for the dysfunctional Mike Keenan St. Louis Blues, he wore the Burger King jersey. So the great <laughs> one wore the worst one <laughs> when it comes to jerseys in history uh and i shouldn't say like all of the third jerseys were bad from around there there were some that were at least kind of fun or kind of cool and some got incorporated in some way shape or form to teams you know future jersey concepts but yeah it was uh, it was just an excuse i think to sell jerseys to fans and Yeah, they didn't want to touch the normal ones. And they eventually actually changed. So during that era, hockey teams would wear white color jerseys at home and they'd wear dark colored, you know, the the full color ones on the road. And they flipped that around, I want to say around 2004, so that they could wear the colored ones or they could wear the alternate jerseys at home and uh, sort of say like, Oh hey fans, check this out. Perhaps you'd like to uh, purchase one at the on the <laughs> concourse. We have ones available, and it was a practical issue too because teams didn't like if you wore your your uh, alternate jersey, then the road team would have to. Uh, go on its road trips with like both pairs of jerseys with them and the equipment staff would have to deal with two separate sets of uniforms and they wanted to stop doing that but yeah the NHL has gone kind of wild it hasn't gone to NBA levels which I think is like the the seventh circle of jersey hell uh right now what they're doing with city edition and you know I I don't even want to get into it uh but the NHL has definitely had a history of weird and wacky experimental jerseys.
2: Yeah, and the 90s was also sort of the beginning of sublimation as a technology for, like, printing, um, which is how the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim third jersey happened. So basically, prior, you'd think of jerseys as, like, strips of fabric stitched together. That's how you get the striping in order to get the sort of insanity that is this Mighty Ducks of Anaheim jersey Where if you have to imagine that as like a patch, it's completely unwearable because it is just a solid embroidered patch of fabric on top of another patch of fabric that you're supposed to move and play sports in. So instead, sublimation is like a very cool technique that basically lets you print directly on fabric or you print on paper and then the paper goes on the fabric. It's a whole thing. But it opened up this whole new technology, which is how you have gradients on jerseys like the Boston Pride jersey has. It's how you can be a little more wild like the Anaheim Ducks one. It is also not that's where you get this whole traditionalist thing of they want the heavy patches and the thick stripes and the sort of old idea of what a hockey jersey was although of course right now we have this whole trend of the reverse retro which is trying to basically pull in all this wild stuff they did back in the 90s <laughs> um, because it's hip now
0: yeah it's and sell
2: them more merch it's,
0: it's become like it, it's in the it's in the word it's become retro it's become cool you know uh, it was ridiculed when i was growing up but now you know these kids these days they they think that stuff is cool by the way i'd love to have been like a fly in the wall when they first figured out how to do that uh sublimation thing and they were like bro do you realize how many gradients we can do right now (laughs) on jerseys holy shit dude (laughs) and then they just went they just did it as much as possible
1: i think that's really cool though that like again like you have designs that just are anchored to the era of the T of when the teams emerged. Like, you know, it is cool that like, there are like kind of rinky dink things that you could definitely patches that you could sew on for early. And then like, as you move along, it gets more sophisticated. And as the like technology advances, you get abominations, like the duck wearing the duck mask on the duck shirt with himself wearing a duck. And like, it's like, I don't know. I think that that's kind of fun to just kind of like, and I realize like, you know allowing change facilitates that it makes it more interesting but like it is cool to see like some organizations hold on to some of their original identity right
2: yeah and i think think similarly we see sort of as new teams are announced like the seattle kraken the vegas golden knights we sort of like how i guess the best I can compare to is like how Nike uses like the Seattle Seahawks and the Oregon ducks as like, they are the ones that are getting all the new stuff. That's where the manufacturer is going to show off and they have room to sort of play and be a little more wild. And I think that's what we're getting with um, some of the newer teams and what we can see sort of looking at expansion teams and their jerseys going back like the Arizona coyotes and their insane alternative uniforms. I've
1: heard about that. I heard that they were cool.
2: They are really cool. So they have this sort of, um, I believe it's, I think it's called like the Kachina coyote is how they describe it. Um, which is very inspired by native American imagery and used on the jerseys. And they brought it (coughs) back into the alternative jerseys, uh, couple of years ago and now it's like in full force in their reverse retro it's very cool and a very unique color scheme
0: yeah i think they're even using the old 90s one the the dark colored one as their primary home one this season which is uh really cool um and yeah i think that it's not a coincidence that you mentioned the knights you mentioned the kraken I think, though, I mean, the Kraken aren't, haven't even played a game yet, and I think they have one of the best jersey you know sets <laughs> of any team in the league right now, and I think I'd put the Knights up there, too. I don't know how you feel about it, Emily, but um, I, I think that's not a coincidence that, you know, they've taken some of the best elements from successful hockey jerseys and kind of mixed the traditional with the, with the weird in a good way.
1: Yeah,
2: well, part of also doing reverse retros for teams that do not have a retro jersey to pull from is that they just go a little wilder they go a little weirder sometimes they pull from franchises that have no relation to the team itself but are related to the city I believe the the Vegas one is tied to some form of hockey that played in Vegas at some point and that was their inspiration that they worked from
0: Yeah, and the Wild are the same way where they take the North Stars, uh, which is another existent franchise uh, that is in Dallas now, and they take their colors and basically like a lot of elements from their Minnesota days and use it as their jersey, and their reverse retro is vastly better than the Dallas Stars reverse (laughs) retro, which is one of the worst, uh, if not the worst, uh, of all the reverse retros this year.
2: Yeah, hockey is very all the like franchise mixing makes it very convoluted when it comes to throwbacks. Cause you've got teams in locations that you say so you have like Minnesota and Dallas. You also have um, Winnipeg, which was a franchise and then moved, became a different franchise. Now has a separate franchise that has the same <laughs> name as the original franchise. It's very, you have to map it in a very convoluted fashion.
1: Yeah. So getting back a little bit, Should I get a Fanatics jersey or an Adidas jersey?
2: So what you're going to want is you're going to want a real Adidas jersey. That's the way to do it. But you also cannot buy it from the NHL shop. That is part of the complication of hockey jersey buying. And that what you want is you want to buy it from a different retailer. So there's, I think, coolhockey.com is one. There's another one. Would Adidas.com suffice? No, so what you want is you want to go to a place that actually sews your name and number directly on the jersey rather than doing a heat transfer, which will then peel off eventually.
1: And it's just not as cool. Here's a fun fact my Uh, name is Walter Hickey, and I'm not athletic and I don't play hockey, so I don't have a number
2: (laughs) or of the player you are getting. um, Have you decided on a player? No, I have. That is the most.
1: Important part. I've thought of. So, I thought a little bit, and I would like tips because I, I like have like prejudges that I would like to kind of hear out if they are good or bad.
2: So I will say that one of the perks of buying a jersey that actually has the name and number plate sewn on is that you can send it to these places, and they will take the name off and they will replace really? it. Really? Yes.
0: Yeah, so if Artemi Panarin has a weird Russian scandal that may have involved domestic abuse, you could change the, the Ranger jersey that uh, you're, you're sporting. If you somehow got a Tony D'Angelo jersey a couple years ago, Oof. that would be one that would be a prime candidate to uh, either burn or at least change. So, like, this is kind of like
1: I'm not only buying a jersey, I'm buying a lifetime insurance policy.
2: In a sense, yeah. Um, I believe also there is a credit card that does have a insurance policy for jerseys. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. We, we saw this, right? Uh, you showed it to me a few years ago. It's like the uh, some fan policy or something, fan insurance.
1: That's kind of funny.
0: Seemed like a gimmick, but maybe a useful gimmick for you, Walt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to sign up for a new credit card and a new jersey in the same night. <laughs> um. So I guess, like, if I were to pick a, a, a player... Like my suspicion was like, obviously there've been a number of really good players on the Rangers in the past, but I wasn't there for that part. And so my suspicion is I shouldn't get a Wayne Gretzky Jersey and I should not get a, Lund- a Lundquist Jersey um, because I wasn't there for any of that.
0: I mean, that's sort of the eternal debate around throwbacks, right? Is, you know, if you get one of a player that is established with a franchise uh, it carries, like, a certain amount of cred with it, and and you can, you know, be sure that that player, barring some kind of awful uh, late career, uh, you know, post-career thing that they do in retirement, uh, that it will be sort of like a stable investment, that it can't, you know, rise or fall if a, if a player gets traded, if a player, you know, suddenly drops in performance. You know what Marc Messier's contribution was to the Rangers over the years, for instance, uh, in a way that you don't necessarily know about a a current player an up-and-coming player so there's more risk attached to buying the jersey of a up-and-coming star but then like you said you get that uh ability to kind of watch their career play out and you feel an attachment and you feel like you were sort of part of that uh and and you can feel like you got in at the ground floor so it's a little riskier but maybe a little bit more emotionally rewarding
1: yeah interesting uh and then i see yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking about <clears throat> which to get. Uh, is there is there a thing that I should get with the home team versus the away jersey?
2: I am pro just whichever one you think looks coolest. Yeah,
1: I think the white one for the Rangers looks pretty good. And I think I'm going to get Lafreniere. I think I'm going to roll the bones on this one.
0: There you go. I mean, that's a pretty good pick. I like that. I think, again, like. You know, you can grow with him as a, you know, as a fan. I can
1: grow with him as a fan. You know, I think that's right. Do I go pre-stitched or hand-stitched?
2: Gotta go. Gotta go. I wasn't using that
1: $25 anyway. So cool. Um,
0: (laughs) Um, yeah. So, and I like that road Jersey for the Rangers. Um, so in prep for the show, I put together a little Elo rating for hockey jerseys, and the Rangers had, uh, based on a weighted combination of their home, road, and reverse retro quality, uh, I determined that they had the third best jersey set in the league. R- so, okay, they're, wait. They're so
1: let's do rankings now. This is good. <laughs> as I as I enter in credit card information, let's go. Let's talk about how good my decisions are. Um, so, I guess Neil, you clearly have developed some sort of algorithm to rank these, and Emily, clearly you have extremely good taste. So, what do we think are like the five best, and the five, we can even do three, or I don't know how deep your algo goes, Neil.
0: Well, so I uh, created a randomized set of head-to-head matchups uh, for every team's home, road, or reverse retro jerseys, graded the matchups uh, in 250 randomized combinations, and then did an ELO rating off of those matchups. Um, but I-, I want you to go first, Emily, because you're you're more of an expert.
2: So I am a little torn here because... Um... I will say in the switch to uh, the Adidas jerseys, my favorite jerseys are officially out of commission and they are the old Minnesota Wild uh, jersey set, which was gorgeous. You had a red one that had Minnesota's jerseys were kind of wild and that they weren't just the logo stuck on front. They had the logo stuck on front for the white one. They had a red one that was, I believe, their home that had the logo in like a tiny seal. And then they also had a beautiful, like one of the sort of rare circumstances where people like the third jersey enough that they just make it the home jersey. It was green and it had this beautiful Minnesota like script font Um, and they don't have it anymore. And I'm still very sad to not see it on the ice. So that's a little bit of a eulogy for an old uh retired jersey set
1: i mean we do that every episode for a player so i don't see why we can't do one per season for
0: a jersey set jersey of the week <laughs>
1: yeah and then so yeah Neil, uh, let's hear a little bit about like what was your mechanism? you designed what are the factors in in this again Walk me through
0: this. Well, it was just purely aesthetic when I was looking at the two uh, the the two head to head matchups, but then I kind of turned that into a ranking. You've done this before. Right? I have, yeah, uh, yeah. You did it with um, many things. characters dancing. I did do that, yeah. Uh, Bob Ross painting. I didn't do that. So no, that was so a forth. different thing. Uh, so yeah, my <laughs> it was a different algorithm. Okay, yes. So my top five, which I gave um, for for every team but one because they don't have a reverse retro. That's the Seattle Kraken. Mm. I gave 45% to home, 45% to road, and then uh, 10% to the reverse retro, mm. which might be overrating the reverse retro a little bit, but it's it's a special year to uh, to roll it out. Uh, and then for the Kraken, I just did 50-50 between home and road. Very So sexy. my top five, and the reason why I'm wearing the Colorado Avalanche hat is I had the Avalanche as number 1 Ooh. in the in the rating system. Yeah, Emily gave me a little bit of a skeptical look there. Avalanche 1, Bruins 2, uh-huh. Rangers 3, hey. Kraken 4 what? if I could put them in there. Uh, these Kraken uniforms are great. <laughs> I, I love them, especially the, uh, the road, the white with uh, it just really pops with that uh, S logo and, and the different shades of blue and a little hint of uh, salmon or whatever that uh, reddish tone is. So really love that. Uh, and then I had the Winnipeg Jets as number five. I was a little, the Chicago Blackhawks are right outside of it. I don't feel great about their logo. I think that's why I was a little bit hesitant on them. They do have like a very classic example, uh, of a Jersey and then the Knights, the blues, the Maple Leafs and the wild, uh, and the Canadians rounded out the rankings. Uh, so yeah, judge away, Emily.
2: Yeah. I am still trying to recover from you saying that the Colorado Avalanche for your favorite Jersey. I just I don't get it. I guess maybe also I am not a fan of these sort of jerseys that were indeed very, I think, nineties inspired where they are <laughs> it's like they have a very like horizontal line. If basically if you hold your arms up like a T, there's a line running across the whole thing. Versus more traditional hockey jerseys are sort of I guess striped sort of like cuffs going up the side of the sweater.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I think the advantage of the Avalanche one is that they they tried to make it resemble like mountain peaks, uh, especially around sort of the the bottom of the jersey where it kind of peaks up and creates these triangles. I like that. And I also like the look, I like the Avalanche logo. I think it's cool. It could have been the Rocky Mountain Extreme. Uh, And I just love the the color scheme. You you don't think think it looks at all
1: all like a like a like a beer logo in any way. (laughs)
0: I think that's a, a feature and not a bug. <laughs> so, Walt, if if you looked at... I'll drop this in the chat. Just take a look at the 2021 uh, jerseys all on one page. Oh, Thanks wonderful. to the wonderful NHLuniforms.com, which is a great... It, it points out that it is unofficial, but in my heart, it is official uh, as a source for finding jerseys. Oh they God. not only have this year, but they also have every uniform for every year uh, in the history of the NHL highly recommend that site Uh, but yeah you've got all the 2021 uh, jerseys laid out right in front of you on that Uh, and you can see the the differences between the like Emily was saying the traditionalists like the Canadians even their reverse retro was just basically they took their home jersey and flipped the colors I know it's a reverse uh, concept but I mean that's like it's not that much of a limb they're going out on for that. Uh and I think, yeah, they're the most uh traditionalist of the teams. And then, you know, you've got like credit to the Dallas Stars for having the Yeah, what's going on go- that is cokey as, as all and hell, like, and I love that. it.
1: Like I don't I like by definition do <laughs> it's not care
0: weirder for ones.
1: it's good. It reminds me of the Houston Outlaws uniform, which is a Overwatch League team in Houston. <laughs> like it looks like an esports logo and I don't mind I that. I think
0: yeah, it does heavy esports vibe coming from that
1: yeah the canadians again very classic are you saying that that has been rioted over and defended to the death
0: well they did riot while the team was wearing those exact jerseys if that helps it um yeah riot tested fan approved i will say i
1: i think the blues are interesting to me i think that they have a nice spread yeah i know again yeah
2: the blues also has a good variety to it and you've got the reverse retro brings some red in. You've got the sort of home and away are about the same, but then they have an alternative that's a really nice, almost powder blue. It very yeah. much reminds me of the San Diego Chargers.
1: The caps are intriguing to me, but I don't think that they're. I don't think that the other ones do enough. You know, I don't think that that's that's enough of a like a twist on that third and fourth one to really bring it home. But that that is interesting. I like. The Devils is cool. That's cool. They go for it with Ranger. I'm not fruit. allowed
0: to say that as a Ranger fan, Wall.
1: Boo. Fuck the Devils. Uh I think the uh <laughs> Um Detroit Detroit looks interesting. That's classic. Very classic. Very classic. Very classic. Yes. Yep. Um Carolina Hurricane Slaps. I like that a lot.
0: <laughs> but which one do you like? Do you like the uh the home you with the, like. the actual hurricane or the canes? I mean I like the I like their logo. I think that their
1: hockey stick logo is interesting. Canes is solid. And then obviously the Hartford Whale it's just like hell yeah. That's funny. <laughs> like,
0: well, of course the reverse retro on that. Yeah. Yes. As speaking of franchise, uh, the, the untangling of weird franchise relations and wh- who has the right to wear what jerseys and <laughs> whose fans in Connecticut might be upset about certain teams in North Carolina wearing their colors. Yeah. Not that that hypothetically, uh, not hypothetically,
1: hypothetically entirely. Um, yeah, no, this is a nice spread. I think that I have my favorites. I tend to like some of the classic. I like the blues a lot. I think that that's a nice connection. I like the Canucks a lot, too. I think that they do interesting things with color. Um, Rangers, I think... So is, I got
0: that gradient, by the way, on their uh, reverse retro.
1: I can get into that. Yes. That's, that's a good looking... Yeah. Um, I will say I don't like the New York Rangers reverse retro. I don't love the Liberty thing.
0: Yeah, it used to look better. So they they introduced that uh, and uh, that logo, and then they introduced like a, a both a blue color version of it and a white color version of that in the late nineties. Another experimental jersey that Gretzky can say he wore, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I think for whatever reason they made the the blue too dark, and they um, I think they changed sort of some things about it that made it worse from the version that was in the '90s. And I don't know why they just didn't kind of take what what already I thought it was cool then. I mean, I was like you know 12 years old, so you know no accounting for taste. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, they they could have done better with that. But their home and in, uh, in a way are a plus in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, lastly, I think that the Nashville Predators overslept and sat next to the Pittsburgh Penguins in homeroom. And uh, you know, homework came in a little bit uh, a little bit a little bit similar. I don't know what to say about that. Um but
2: yeah, the Predators ones are sad and they look unfinished. There's like nothing happening with them. It's really frustrating because they used to have some really cool stuff with like they pulled in Music City stuff, so they had music notes on uh the old Uh, numbers on the back they had like a key like a piano key back in the back collar they had a lot of cool stuff and now it's just it looks like they forgot to add a lot of the stuff it's very simple in a way that other ones aren't
0: now i will say it is better than the that they don't currently have the weird like skeleton head of the Predator with like weird mustard yellow (laughs) uh, jersey that they used to have Um, so I guess that's like an uh, addition by subtraction
2: (laughs) yeah the Predator's uh, logo as a whole sort of reminds me a little bit of like the Tampa Bay Rays where it just has gotten aggressively and aggressively simpler over the years after it was first introduced (laughs) because you have to think the designers involved in this are just like oh my god this is so annoying to work with
1: yeah it's just like, can, can it be even less? Like, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that, you know, the... So I have purchased a jersey. I will I will not tell you much. As we spoke. As we spoke, we did it. Uh, promised, committed, promised, delivered. Um, I got the Lafreniere jersey. It's Adidas. It is from coolhockey.com. Um, the shipping was free, at least. And it's going to come in the mail soon. And I'm very excited about it. And I'm going to wear it to games and be rad. And it's going to be fun.
0: Well, you got to wear it to podcast tapings, too. I
1: absolutely will. You know, the minute that... Well, so the the issue is, and I'll even show it to the camera. uh, Clearly, this is a visual medium. But so uh, it's like circling real quick. It's like still solving my credit card information. Um, Always good. Always good. Uh, It's been like that for about 10 minutes, and I will probably check it again if it doesn't work within the next 10. But hey, there you go. It looks like it's arriving from Canada eventually. So that'll be fun.
0: Hey. Maybe maybe Alexis Lafreniere's uh, like mom <laughs> is sewing it, in, in French Canada she's gonna like send it down to you, have a very sweet note attached.
1: We, oui. um, yeah, it's a uh, it's fun. this is this again. There's a lot going on here, that, and I'm very happy that we talked about this because I was just like, there's there can't be that much to talk about with hockey sweaters. It turns out that there's a lot. Um, so I guess we have a few minutes left. Do you want to talk about this coming week? Any games that you're watching that we should make sure to kind of. Glue to our screens. I mean, right now we're watching a terrific Buffalo streak break. uh, And I guess. Yeah,
0: it is four to one uh, more than midway through this game. I don't think the Flyers have another three goal comeback in them, but we'll see uh, if if the Sabres can snap their streak. This is not a game that I'm looking at. Uh, Probably the best game of the week by Elo is uh, a game on uh, next Monday. Between the Avalanche, uh, my perhaps dubious pick as best uniforms in the league, (laughs) against the Minnesota Wild, who I think also have pretty good uniforms. Uh, But that's also, you know, a a very good West division uh, throwdown. And the Wild are also playing the Golden Knights. I feel like I always come back to, like, The Avalanche, the Golden Knights, you know, those those teams, I think they show up really high in this because in ELO, those are two of the best three uh, teams in the league. And uh, it's it's nice that they're sort of especially with the Wild playing better, uh, that they're all kind of thrown together in this division mix. And then the Penguins and the Bruins are playing, too. So Emily is going to get a chance to uh, really, I think the Penguins I don't know if they cribbed off the Bruins because they both have that gold and yeah. uh, black scheme. But then Pittsburgh could say, hey, are the rest of our teams, the Pirates, the Steelers, they also have that gold and black scheme. So we're not technically stealing from the Boston Bruins, but they do look very similar <laughs> jersey wise.
2: They look very, very nearly exactly similar. It's just like the stripes are in different patterns, which feels very much um, like a copyright Uh, Avoidance technique,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. which came first?
0: I mean, the Bruins easily. They've been using that jersey. The the Penguins weren't a thing until the late '60s.
1: Classic.
0: Yeah, so I bet that. In fact, I seem to remember. I think I was watching a documentary one time about the. Expansion in the NHL, where I think, yeah, the Bruins sent like a nastily worded cease and desist letter to the Penguins, trying to get them to because they originally had had a blue color, which they have used sometimes in their uh, retro jerseys or throwbacks or whatever. Um, but then they changed to try to match the rest of the um, the Pittsburgh family of uh, teams, <laughs> and the Bruins were like not happy about it, but I guess there was nothing they could really do about it. You can't copyright a, a color scheme. Um maybe they asked the league commissioner to uh, step in and he was too busy trying to rig his own entry into the hockey hall of fame. I think that was a little bit later actually. Uh but yeah. Yeah, and I mean then they
1: obviously enlisted the hard work of Wiz Khalifa to cement black and yellow with the identity of Pittsburgh indefinitely. And um this is history. Sorry, Boston, I don't know what to tell you. But um
0: uh... <laughs> They'll have to settle for those two championships that they won last week, uh, one retroactively, uh, <laughs> according to you, Emily.
1: Emily, are you watching any games this week in particular?
2: Um, nothing in particularly flagged. It's still uh women's college basketball season, okay. um, but I'm excited to watch the Predators hopefully uh, turn this ship around, or at least just
1: unstuck the boat. <laughs> uh, yes, real
0: Suez Canal situation happened i was so them. happy
1: yes the boat the boat getting unstuck was sports that that like technically speaking oh was yeah sports.
0: oh yes. yeah and especially there was like divine intervention or at least lunar <laughs> intervention it really uh it, it had all the the earmarks of like a very inspirational sports movie yeah. down the it's line bullshit like, that like, the, the stars were literally aligned. <laughs> like yes they were yeah I just would love to hear, yeah, like the the, the epic st- rousing speech like from the movie Miracle that Herb Brooks delivers, but it's like the Corps of Engineers in Egypt. The tugboat. <laughs> delivering that. One, okay, one here's what we're going to do, boys. <laughs> uh, we're going to dig fruitlessly at the nose of this boat for five days, losing hundreds of millions of dollars per day. And then suddenly... The s- the moon will save us. I just kind of love how like the crew had to stay there because like again
1: like like if you're on an international shipping vessel you can't just up and go you don't have a passport so like they just had to like just sit in their mistake for a little bit.
0: oh that's so awkward too. I don't know if they
1: flew them out or anything, but like I don't think that that was priority numero uno. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's about it for the episode. Uh, I'm Waltig. You can find me at Insider and at Numlock.
0: Emily?
2: Uh, you can find me at 538 and on Twitter at underscore Shem.
0: And uh, you can find me at 538, on Twitter at uh, Neil underscore Payne, and, of course, the wonderful GitHub that Walt plugged earlier, Neil Payne 538 Bah! Check out those hockey stats.